All right, well, welcome again. Uh, so I am with Greg and with Brad Joss, oversee what's called the Transformation Centre, and that is an arm of our community that has other ministries that are especially to our region. Uh, so we've got the crew in Rockingham, which is in particular helps feed and clothe people who are doing it tough, especially the last year or two. The numbers have gone up for people in our city in need, um, including homeless people. Um, and then we've also got a new ministry coming up called Lilia Haven, which is really exciting, which we're going to refer to a bit more uh, today. When it comes to the Lilia Haven management team, uh, Greg and Esther and I are doing that together and we, we do everything team in this community and this is the management team for Lilia Haven. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Used to just be little old me and I don't know where I would be without these two. I'm learning so much from them. They both have a very big skill set that I just do not have at all. And then I've got little pieces of the pie that they don't have. And just together, it's becoming like a three parts of a stool. And it's solid and it's moving forward and it's exciting. So it's been really awesome. Okay, so what is Lilia Haven? So Lilia Haven is a a women's a, a life recovery program. It's going to be a um, residential. So for people, it's not a day thing at the moment. It's something that you'd need to, to come in as a participant and live on this property um, for quite a while. It's a more of a long-term one, taking people with complex trauma. Maybe we don't know what type of need they will have, but people who've got complex trauma, which means quite a few things that have injured them in their life, that can take a while to work through some complex trauma, especially if there's been generational patterns of relating and so on. So we're going to make it residential. They're in a safe place. They're in a, um, a community where there's routine, um, where there's safe management, where there's safe people working with them, and they're going to transition into a kingdom culture as we walk them through um, some of the history and, and help them to become people in the community who can get jobs or who can get their children back. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yep, so restored families, uh, people who might be able to get married to safe people, have children. It actually changes an entire generational line, not just that person. Uh, it goes upwards to grandparents, sideways. It impacts in various directions. And so we're excited about the, the greater stories as well as the individual stories. As a community, when we were over in Quinana, um, we had a prophet called Bob Hazlitt. Some of you might have heard of him before or follow him online. Um, he came through and was at a conference up in Churchlands. And from the stage, he just pointed towards Brad Joss. He hadn't met him. He didn't know who he was. And there was quite a lengthy, long prophetic word that came out that day about our community and various aspects of our community. One of them would be that we would own property that came up quite a bit. He even described the one that we did have in the Quinana. He's like, it's going to be on a traffic circle, this, that, the other. He could see it all. And not long after that, about a year to the day, we had the keys to that one on the traffic circle in Quinana. And we've continued to just move forward and watch little bits of that prophetic word. We're not going to play that whole prophetic word for you today, but we're just going to do a little snippet that pertains to um, what we're doing now. Thank you, team. And I thank you right now for keys coming into their hands, God. Lord, for the universities, for college students, for, for, for the streets. I thank you for keys, Lord, for buildings. God, I thank you for keys. And God's going to give you even like a residential home where I see women coming off the streets and prostitutes coming off the streets. And I see them coming out of jail. And I see them coming to a place where they don't even have a place to live. And God's going to give you like apartment buildings and flats where people can stay. Where you're going to, rest you're going to restore people's lives. Because God's given you the keys, not just to places, but He's given you the keys to people's hearts. 
So God, I thank you right now. The city is going to even see what you're doing and say, we want to come alongside of you and do something for you. They're going to say, we got this abandoned property. If you can do something with it, you can just have it. And you can restore it. And you're going to restore those those broken down places. You're going to restore the age-old foundation. And I see you like taking a place filled with graffiti and just covering it with His glory. So God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout right now. I thank you for keys right now in Jesus' name. Isn't that precious? And that's just a part of a beautiful one. Um, and we're literally living it today. So I'm feeling it that Lisa and Brad aren't here today for such a milestone in our history. Like I'm really feeling that they're not here. And just in the worship, I'm like, my mind is going over these years and just watching how the Lord has moved us so intentionally, stage upon stage. He's dropped the dreams. He's brought the people. It's so many people in this community that are the people that are part of it. You know, we've just been such a loaves and fishes community and so many in this, like, who am I? But the Lord's like, no, the ones in this family are the ones to be part of these things. We're all qualified enough in Him. We just need to say yes. And so after that prophetic word, um, we started, I think it was after that, even just some of the Elijah House ministries we were getting into, the healing schools. So many of us have been learning inner healing tools, um, tools to set the captives free. They've been powerful. And a lot of us have done our own work. So many in this room have been doing um, their own inner healing and becoming safe people who can then turn around and help pull others out of the trenches, haven't we? Yeah? Yeah. So it's been such a brave work and it took a long time for a whole community at the same time to be doing that kind of work and brave and well done. Um, and we're still connected and we still love each other um, through that time. And then I, um, so I run the schools, the inner healing schools, and I started to do some um, training in other countries as well in these same tools. I ended up in the Philippines um, a few years ago um, training there in these inner healing tools and I just felt like I had an encounter uh, with the Lord in my room there where he, I just felt him say, you're going to have a transformation centre and he used those words and I just opened my journal and started to write down all the things that we could do in the region that I felt were his idea that I was getting in that time um, and to do in particular with women but others in need as well. There was just these different things I wrote and then I rang um, Lisa and Brad from the Philippines there and then and I just shared what was on my heart and I said, yeah, just continue to download, continue to pray. That sounds incredible. We, we've, we feel that that's on us. It's like, okay. I got back and I just... Um, got back from the Philippines, I think the very next day, and I just said to them, look, this is, the Lord is on this. And he went, you do know our Gary Morgan prophetic word over our church, don't you? And I went, who's Gary Morgan? He's like, I'm sure I showed it to you. I was like, no. And he's like, oh, I've just had, I've had a coffee with Gary Morgan, a prophet from the East Coast of Australia, and he's told us we're going to have a transformation centre. I'm like, how could I have missed that one? So we're just going to play a snippet of that larger prophetic word over our church as well. And the word I heard was transformation center. And I feel like it's a transformation center where, where people are going to come to be not just informed, but transformed. And I see you utilizing your building Monday to Saturday. That's really going to be an expression of a Sunday. And, and I see literally transformation center. And it's, it's literally going to be something that's going to be literally through the week of different times. And I, I see appointments being made where people come in. For, for prophetic ministry, for, for counseling. And I feel like there's rooms within your building and I see, well, I see rooms being developed that are, that are colorful, that have state-of-the-art sound stuff in them, that's, that's causing environments for transformation. And I feel like God's gonna literally empower the people that's with you 
and it's going to be like David and his mighty men and women. But the Lord's given you people that you, you've wondered, why have I got such a caliber of leaders, but yet we haven't got much of an outworking. But the Lord says, it's been a three-stage thing that you've been in. It's, it's been a planting, it's been a growing, and now it's a fruiting time. And it's going to be a sign to you because there's a planting that's happened either close to you or close to the church that you're going to start to see fruit on. And I see like lemons and I see like uh, different trees bearing fruit. But it's going to be a sign to you that the season has come to start bearing fruit in that area. And the season has come. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Isn't that precious? <laughs> Trying to speak through my heart being really connected to these words as I'm listening to them. Um, and so you're sitting on some of those words. You're literally sitting in the property where this was just something dropped um, by the Lord. And we've since then even had um, people who so believe in what we're doing here that they've bought this property for this reason. Isn't that astounding? Can we give a hand to that? That's amazing. And it's no small thing to put into what is not yet fruited. Like that is, that is faith, hey? Yeah. That is faith and that is belief in people like you and me. Um, and so now we're here and then this last year has happened where um, City Arise uh, joined us and they already had um, the crew and Soul and we've put Lilia Haven under this banner of Soul which has always been care for women in Rockingham. And the, the council already have a long trust in crew and soul and in Greg. Um, and then we've had um, Esther, who actually is an operations manager for women's recovery programs, literally just feel that the Lord has sent her to us. And um, so that's been exciting. And I'm going to uh, introduce who Esther is and, and what she is doing with us. Hello. 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 Hi. So I've written dot points because I don't want to miss anything. Um, and this is the first time that I've um, really shared shared with this church community my history of um, working in the sector, which is really exciting for me. Um, so first of all, I'm Esther Young. Uh, my husband is Jude Young over there. He's an awesome man. Um, and I'm also daughter of Kerry and Nigel Irvine, who aren't here today, but most of you would know who they are. So, yeah, that's, that's who we are. Jude and I um, made Paradox our church in 2016. Um, so it was quite a few years ago, probably six, six years. Yep, so we've just been kind of in and out and um, just, yeah, this year just gone, yep, this is really, we're all in, which has been really exciting. Um, but I want to talk about my passion in, in women, with women, working with women, working with women um, of, from all walks of life, but particularly the most broken of the broken. Um, so this started for me when I was 14 years old. Uh, my mum gave me a, um, a newsletter from, back then it was called the Esther Elizabeth House. And there was just some amazing testimonies in that, in that magazine um, in, from when I was 14 years old and I remember just keeping it under my pillow for months and just reading it every night like the stories never got old and I just remember that so vividly of like this is what I want to do with my life um, and so fast forward uh, to 2016 I then uh, became an intern at the Esther Foundation 
which meant that I would be studying my certificate for in community services whilst working with the women on the floor. And that was my training ground. That was my training of getting in there and what does this actually look like and who are these women and let's, let's do this journey together. Um, so that was a really exciting time for me and I, I loved it. I really loved it. Um, and I got to hear the most amazing stories and see the most amazing testimonies through that time. Um, 2000 and, beginning of 2019, I was asked to come on as a staff member at the Esther Foundation um, as an intern coordinator. So I loved the internship and everything that it was about and even more so that it was open to the participants to actually do as well, which meant that they got to um, get a certificate of community services whilst they were living in the Esther Foundation program and um, just all that training uh, that they get to get on the floor and, and I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so that's where that started in terms of employment for me there. Uh, towards the end, and I was only part-time, so I did two days a week, which quickly went to full-time. Um, by the end of 2019, I took on the role as the Programs and Services Manager so Programs and Services Manager was, I got to oversee all the departments that work directly with the girls. Um, so that being youth services, the internship, uh, therapeutic services, um, assessments and intakes, the administration side. Um, yeah, just, just all those really exciting departments that got to do the work with the girls on the floor. Um, but even more so to that, I really loved that I was able to work so closely with the, with the staff that got to work with the girls on the floor. So being able to see them grow in their personal and professional development um, over the next couple of years, which then trickled down into seeing um, lives transformed um, for the girls as well. So they got to have really good role models. We did heaps of cool stuff um, from 2020 to 2021. Uh, the end of 2021, um, like things like being a part of the team that developed the stages of the program. We did policies and procedures. We we did some awesome training with the team. Um, we did we developed the case management side so that the girls were really like really looked after. Um, but more so than all those cool things, like I got to work really like hands on with the girls and saw true transformation. Um, we're talking transformation that mothers are reunited and restored with their children and you see favour in the justice system. You have girls come into the program and they have no hope. They're like, I'm definitely going to jail. I've ruined my whole life. And then to see them win and actually go, I'm going to stay in this program. Just give me one more chance to stay in this program. And I promise, like, I want to, I want to prove it to you and myself that I can do this. And to see at the end that they graduate and they do do it. And it's like, it's so amazing to see that transformation. And I feel so honoured and privileged that I was able to be a part of that. Uh, not only for the participants that were in the program at that time, but also the staff that came through the program, graduated the program and then gave back by being staff. And that was just, it's so, um, it's just, yeah, just a real honour that I was able to do, to do all of that. Um, I felt at the end of 2021, which was last year, in uh, about yeah, October last year, that um, I felt that my, my time at the Esther Foundation was coming to an end. Um, if you were to ask me in the middle of the year even if I was ever 
going to leave anytime soon, I would have just laughed. Like, no way. This is where I'm, this is where I am at. I love it. I love everything about it. I'm in my element. I will never leave. But God had other plans for me. (laughs) And so during that time, it was an exciting time, but it was also a really grieving time for me um, because I could see how far we'd come as a team um, there. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving. And I go through those emotions of, Am I abandoning ship? Am I abandoning them, my team, the girls? Um, Because you have such a connection because it's a tight-knit community. So it's no small thing to leave. Um, But I really felt that it it was my time and and I I didn't want to take on any more projects within the foundation. I was like, no, I really feel that it's it's the end. And, um, And Jude and I at that time actually decided we wanted to move back to Mandra because we had been living in Perth for, for a couple of years. Um, and some crazy things. You, you talk about God's perfect timing or God's divine timing and, and, and how it all fits in and comes together. And during that time, Greg and Amy had asked me to come down um, to here to see what they were doing, just to talk about Lilia Haven, um, for me to give some expert uh, advice to them. There was no mention of, you know, wanting to come and work here, um, but just wanting to share their hearts about what was happening. And it was really exciting. It was it was so exciting what was the potential of everything, like the renovations, the Amy's heart for the girls and making them feel um, just the way that the interior design will make them feel uh, just, what's that word? Dignified, <laughs> dignified, which is, it's true. Like I, I'm seeing it come to life. I'm like, yes, this, this is, this is going to be so dignifying and it's a really beautiful thing. Um, and just, I love Paradox and their heart transformation and, and I could just really see all that coming together and love Amy, love Greg, love Brad um, and what I could see, I could see the potential and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, they got wind of my resignation and <laughs> then quickly asked me if I would consider coming down and being a part of the team. And, um, you know, I'd shared with Greg and Amy in quite a lot of detail regarding the development of what I had done at Esther, development of programs, development of the stages, development. So, you know, having that experience in, in development stages of, of programs and I guess going from the bottom like I started as an intern, shift worker, right all the way up to programs and services and, and just what I learnt along the way, even in HR, um, just all of that knowledge and, and experience I'm so grateful for. So, um, so <laughs> really prayerfully considered um, what that meant and and uh, spoke a lot with Jude around that and um, then, yeah, we just felt to give... I felt to give my yes uh, to coming and being involved in in this and, and the potential of this and what it could be and who I could what I could give and, and then you know what God's calling me to be. I really feel like this is where I'm supposed to be, which is awesome. I'm just going to go quickly back to my my dot points just so I don't forget anything. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm excited about. I'm really, really, I'm not, I don't guess, I know. I'm really, really excited about what Lilia Haven's going to be. I, I never lost my heart for working with women. Um, even though my time at Esther had come to an end, I still knew that I wanted, it was still my passion. 
my passion to walk journeys with with girls and see them uh, make really great choices in their lives being transformed. Like that's still a, such a burning desire for me to work in this industry, and that's what I'm really excited about, Lilia Haven. So we're planning on opening on the 30th of May. Woo! <laughs> so that's the plan. Um, but of course, we need a team. Uh, I'm just one person. Amy's one person. Greg's one person. We need uh, we need a team to uh, run the day to day. So it's a shift leader role, um, which is just overseeing the day to day running of the program. So uh, practically, literally, like so, a day in the life would be wake up at seven o'clock, exercise, breakfast, chores, going to therapeutics. Going to the going to the program, doing the case management, making sure that they um, they feel comfortable and that this is the right program for them, and, and journeying that with them, um, doing the really not so pretty things like cooking, cleaning, driving, but then getting to be a part of the wins and the revelations that the girls have, and you're like, yes, it's all worth it. Um, overnights, weekends, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we are looking we are looking to advertise this role in April um, for the shift leader role. Uh, if you have certificates in community services and mental health, you've got experience with working with women with complex needs, um, or you think this is something that you want to work towards because it's a passion for you to get into this industry, uh, please come and see me and speak to me about that. If you disqualify yourself straight away because you didn't tick all the boxes, please don't disqualify yourself. Um, one of my hearts for the team is good character and willing and openness to learn and grow. Um, and that can, that can look like so many different things. So don't disqualify yourself. Please come and speak to me about like, what, what your role could be and who you could be in this space. Um, and I think... Oh, yeah. Volunteers are so important and are such a valuable part of running any not-for-profit or program in this space. So even if you have a heart to, to give all whatever you can give and you don't know what that looks like, please come and, and speak to us as well. Um, we just really love and value anything, any, any volunteer that is willing to give their time. So, yeah, I think that's everything. Can we give a hand to our new project manual? So during the week, the role that I'll have um, within Le Haven is the therapeutics, the counselling, things like that. So Tuesday mornings, Wednesday mornings, Thursday mornings and Friday mornings, they'll be in a group class setting, which eventually will be in the chapel once we've gotten that um, renovated and things at a later date. We'll use the chapel those mornings and it'll be a two-hour program where there'll be different things that we'll teach, different courses that they're doing, various skills that they'll learn, including um, some appropriated and adapted Elijah House um, teachings and concepts in there as well. So it's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to overseeing those training mornings. And then in the afternoons, that's when um, uh, some of the women might access their doctor, their counsellor, um, their psychologist, their psychiatrist, things like that. It'll be all professionally linked and professionally done um, and looking forward to finding the right connections. We're just going to be looking for that perfect doctor that's local, some one or two people who want to, you know, provide counselling in that in that sphere, and we'll have all of that really safe and lots of consent, um, and we look forward to the girls having their breakthroughs through 
contacts like that. So I'll be overseeing that. I have also had the delight of overseeing some of the the fit out and the decor side of it, which Lisa in particular, Lisa Joss has helped me with and Brad, and I'm just so grateful for them and sorry that they're not here to see. So today what we're going to do uh, before I hand over to Greg, when we do go for a walk, is we'll just steer you slightly away from Paradox Kids Program so we don't have um, all the eyes at the window wondering what the rapture is happening outside. But we'll just go this side and we'll walk between the ablution block and the swimming pool. If you haven't seen inside those new ablution blocks, do do it on the way back. They're incredibly beautifully done. So much of the handiwork on this property has been done by Kev and it's just state of the art, gorgeous, industrial in there. So have a look at them on the way back. We'll walk up and from then on we'll point out where the new church offices are going to be because that's in transition to move now. And then we'll go and show you where the old church offices were and that now will be the Transformation Centre offices with Lilia Haven using some of those offices. And that will be accessed only by the top car park where all other church-related things and church offices will all be the bottom car park. So the top block will be for that. And then we'll show you through the first unit which we're hoping to open. Um, uh, we'll, we're aiming for 30th of May. Um, we're hoping to open that and it's going to be called Bethany Cottage. So the first season they're in is in a season of Bethany and then when they've transferred and they're feeling safer and they're strengthening in who they are, they will transfer to the top unit, which we'll point out today. But the renos haven't um, been completed in that one yet, and that will be Naomi Cottage. So they're going to transfer to Season of Hope. And then from Naomi Cottage, when they're even further into their program, they'll move into transitional housing where they're starting to be half back in the community and half here with some support. And hopefully that transitional block is this first unit just outside the gathering space here. But we're going to walk you through Bethany. Um, what you'll see in Bethany is bed heads, not ensemble beds. We need to raise money to, to actually have them sleep in beds. There's one in there as a mock bedroom. There's one mock bedroom, and that's just a beautiful free one given to us from someone in Rockingham buy and sell when they knew what it was for. So we've just set one room up. We've bought one set of sheets, one set of, but we still need to raise money for sheets, for doona covers, for pillows, things like that. But in all the other rooms, it's the bed heads, you'll see a side table, cupboards, tall boys, and they're all upcycled, most given for free. All the furniture you see in there is most is for free or very, you know, $20, $50, $70 on Marketplace, and that's how we've done it. The cheapest way, I'm sure, to put a room together. But it looks so beautiful because two times a week, we've had a team come to the chapel and upcycle furniture just for volunteering hours, volunteering hours. Uh, most of them don't know the Lord yet, and they're just beautiful people, and they and I oversee that team and I love my times with them on Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. So that's been beautiful to build that dream together. And on Thursday, they were able to help bring some things over and walk through what they've been working on all this time. And it was just special um, on Thursday to do that. So when it comes to our opening ceremony, we'll let you know more of when that is, but it'll be special to have a team like that come and be honoured at that. So that would be really special. So when you walk through Bethany, you'll see on the far side as you walk in, the first room you walk in, that's actually going to be um, the daytime staff, whoever is working with the girls. It's going to be their little office that they're meeting with various girls in all the time. So a little hotspot room where um, dealing with an issue, a crisis, a, a, an argument, uh, case management. So that's going to be their little office. It'll have its own outside door. And then as you walk through, you'll see bathrooms that have been beautifully renovated and tiled. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> And you'll see all the lighting done through the roof. Thank you, Calvin, in our yeah. community. It's just been awesome. He's, um, 
and you'll see that the bathrooms don't have any sinks or anything in them yet. Um, a company in Rockingham called Kitchen, Coastline Kitchens has donated, and they're on the way, all the kitchenettes and bathrooms for all three units. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? All stone-topped, beautiful new kitchens. So you'll notice the bathroom, just know there's going to be cabinet put in there before the women come. And then you'll notice a little lounge and kitchen space. We're saying this now because we won't have time to stop and talk lots on the way to get us all through. There's a kitchen and a dining room and lounge. And in that, that's where a kitchenette will be built in. So just know that's missing. And then as you keep walking through, it's one person per room on a double bed. And then at the very end, you'll notice there's two single bed heads. That's which will be the staff sleeping in case there's changeover of sleep and now I'm in this bed and then I've got someone comes the next night and I forgot to change the sheets and so on. So just know that's going to be a room for staff when you see two single beds. And that'll, yeah, any other questions you have, keep them until you get out of there and on your way back down the hill, we can answer any questions. We just don't want to stop um, and get stuck in the rooms. We'll then point out the dining hall to you, maybe quickly go inside and back outside. Um, you'll see it's in half reno stage, the cement on all the walls. So just think creatively. Um, Kevin is and his volunteers are doing amazing in there. That's going to be tables and chairs, dining, and some lounges and a big TV. And so that'll be their common room. And then we'll point out the next unit, which will open eight more bedrooms in in a few more months. And then we'll point out the chapel, which is where the program will be held. And we'll come back, point out the transitional housing and come back here for morning tea together. And just, yeah, ask questions this side um, rather than on the way through. Um, and we'll leave just after 11. We'll probably just take us in three groups. So maybe Esther, you can just take everyone that's over here, if that's all right. Um, and maybe Greg, you'll take all those people and um, maybe the main chairs there. And I'll take the couch people and the couch people and this group here um, with me, if that's all right. Does it sound good? And anyone on sound or all through there, you can go with Esther at the start if you like as well. Okay, so Greg's just going to share for 10, and then we'll leave just about five past 11. Bless you, Greg. Cool. Who's excited? Yeah. Come on. This is such... I love the prophetic words that have been spoken over this, and we've had a similar that was spoken over City Arise before as we've come together. Um, but it's all well and great to have prophetic words, but it stems from the heart of Jesus. So this is the heart of Jesus, like at its core... And so in Matthew 22, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the next is like it. It's love your neighbor as yourself. So my expression for my love for God is expressed in my love for people. And then they go on to clarify, what does the neighbor mean? Because these Pharisees are saying, basically, what's the limit of our love? And Jesus goes as low, as low, as low can be. And he basically describes the Samaritan that's being beaten up that was the people that everyone rejected. And so he explains it in the way of saying it's a person that deserves it the least. That's the people that you need to love and everyone greater than that. And so our expression for our love to Jesus is demonstrated in our expression of a love for, ultimately, it can be those that don't deserve it. That's what we see at the crew. So at the crew, I've been there for about five years serving as a volunteer and uh, lately more being leading it. And our expression of our love for Jesus is in our love for these people. And so whether they come and they feel ungrateful or whether they come and they throw 
food back at us or swear at us or anything like that. That's like this, this amount of people, so no, it's not everyone. <laughs> but our expression of our love for God is our love for people in spite of that. And so we just continue to love, continue to pour out in that space of the crew. But what I've seen at the crew over the last five years is that it's all well and good to love people in those practical ways. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 25. And he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. And they're saying, well, when do we do that for you? And Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. So as we're feeding and clothing and... and, um, giving drinks to people through the crew, we're actually doing it for Jesus. And so that's just treating a symptom. The crew is about meeting immediate needs, but the crew doesn't see transformation. You can't see transformation by giving someone a meal. And over that time of five years, we have seen probably eight people go into rehab. We've seen probably five people, aside from that, see a real big transformation of their lives. But that's out of like thousands and thousands of people. So we keep feeding people and clothing people and giving them drinks because that's our expression of our love for Jesus. But we know the discipleship needs to happen, which is separate from that. And so to me, I've just been longing for a heart to see a residential program that moves people beyond relief into transformation. And so that brings us to Matthew 28, where Jesus is leaving and he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is salvation, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you. So part of that discipleship, this is really at its heart, it's a discipleship program of getting the women to understand their identity in Christ, getting the healing from the trauma that comes through Jesus, giving them the skills to have healthy relationships, healthy marriages, being healthy mums, healthy daughters. And so that's what this program is about. It's about us bringing the teaching of Jesus into the heart of lives and seeing transformation that comes through Jesus. Now, as part of that prophetic word, heart of Jesus, it's all up here. And the reality between there and where we're at now is a whole stack of work and a whole stack of policies and procedures and a whole bunch of money. Like, it's, it's all cool. It's like, that's awesome. Let's go for it. And the reality of that is a whole lot of work on behalf of all of us, a whole lot of sacrificing on behalf of all of us, a whole lot of giving on behalf of all of us. And so next week, we're going to be talking more about how can you get involved and serve? How can you pray? How can you give financially? Now, to cost, I'm going to just jump out there and give you some numbers, okay? Because I think it's important. I just feel the heart of God on this. So to run a women's program, professional women's program, for the next 14 months will cost us, including startup, about $900,000. It's a lot, isn't it? Like we all think $900,000. I hope that like is something that just boggles your mind like it does us. But you know what? God is our provider. Lily Haven means God is abundance. And we've seen already God's faithfulness in bringing the dis- at reducing the gap between where we're at and where we need to be to see this program come. So I'm excited to say that we've had um, a couple of family that we know that has sown into the, into the vision to the tune of over $500,000. Isn't that amazing? And so that brings us so far... And then we've got the income from the women, 
We've got the expectation of donations that are going to grow as we start the program. And that brings us to a point that we're only about $130,000 short of where we need to be to get to open. And so we believe that, and I want everyone here in the church to believe God for that. And so we're going to go on a faith journey. We believe that over the next six weeks, we're going to have that $130,000 covered. So I want you to be praying into it this week. There's no expectation upon anyone to give. Um, it's if God draws you to give into that. And so that's not just for our church. So we're going to talk about the ways that we can give, which is how you might be called as a family. I know my family are going to sacrificially give into it. And so it could be that you're called to give into that. It could be that you know someone that might feel called or maybe from a business that might want to input or as you spread the word about what's going to happen here, that more generous people are going to come across our path and we're going to see that gap met. And we're going to see the opening happen on May 30th. And that's, know that that's not us saying, hey, we want all of this great money to do it. That's us scrimping and saving. Just over the last couple of days, we've reduced our staffing load. We've reduced the cost of those things that we need to get started. So that gets us to the bare minimum to see the transformation of lives done in a safe way. So we're really important about doing this in a safe way. So we want to run a professional program. We want to have the right staff in place. We want to, don't want to um, put women at risk. We don't want to put volunteers or staff at risk. We want to do this very, very well and very professionally. We're in, in a way that anyone from outside could come into the program and say they do that well. They do it honourably. They do it professionally. They're using best practice in the industry. So that's what we want. So that's where the gap that we need to meet and so I'd encourage you to pray into that this week. Even that, if that's not giving for yourself, can you pray into the faith that we need to get to that point? So $130,000 is not something I have in my pocket. It's not something any of us do. Um, but it is something that we can achieve as a community in faith and in spreading the word of what we need to get open. And, you know, we're investing into women and their lives. We're investing into their kids' lives, in their families' lives, and the generations to come. So this is a legacy that we're going to leave as a church. We're going to be involved day to day, but any giving or vesting or praying into it is investing into the legacy of the lives of those. Amy shared last week, just as I end, Amy shared last week about, she was talking about words of knowledge, and she talked about the woman at the well, and Jesus saw her and knew her, and the things that he said to her changed her life so much so she went and evangelised to a whole town and changed their lives. Imagine the women here that aren't just seen and known, but they're discipled, they get healing from their past, they know how to do healthy relationship. Imagine the impact that's going to have not just on our city, but on our state and our nation as transformed lives come out of this program into the community. So get excited about it. We're super excited. And for us, uh, the gap between where we are and where that is feels very small to us because we know Jesus is in it. And so please be praying into that. Are we going to do questions? No? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to go on some tours now. And I'll pass to Amy. Isn't he awesome? We're so blessed to have Greg. I'll just say one more thing. So my role as the business manager, so my role is to make everything happen to free these guys up to see transformation. Bless you. We're so grateful to have you. Um, 
Yeah, so the 130 is the, we've, the bare minimum. We'll do it with sharing mugs. Like we're, it's a lot of the startup of what's going to be in. So we need mugs, plates, you know, towels, sheets. It's a lot of the kitting out of the place is that 130 in a scrimping way. And, and then after that, different from the startup amount, we're going to need partners. So people who every month will partner with us. That might be your family are going to do $10 a week and the children are doing that with you. And, you know, we're going to have all sorts of types of partner, partnering that you can do. It might be your business. It might be your life hub, want to partner. So there'll be various ways you can become a partner long-term, but just know the 130 is, regardless of partnering, we just need to open. And how we can, if you've got fundraising ideas, if you're like, I can fundraise by, by selling this or by talking to a people I'm on a group with, or if you know how to fundraise as part of that 130, you've got the green light. Um, and if we go over 130, that's even better because that's the most skeleton. That's with doing day shifts. We'll be staff, you know, so that's literally as skeleton as we can go.